My name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, host of Locked on Rays, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked on Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car to your smart device to play Locked on Rays, also be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays and check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered we will have a new segment a new episode on patreon dropping today uh today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and that'll get you 20 percent off your next order again builtbar.com uh ulysses the time has come we are here we are officially embedded into the off-season, off-season talk. Yes. It is time for our annual, this is now the second annual player review, Tampa Bay Rays player reviews from the past season. And as we did, I believe, last year, we are going in alphabetical order. Correct. Around, of course. And th- these are a ton of fun because as we had uh, Sam on Friday for our Rambling Race segment... You mentioned the stats, the stats that you guys mentioned, and it's really fun to get into it. This is when we get into the stats. This is when we pour over fan graphs, baseball ref, stat cast, all that stuff, baseball savant, and try to make an argument for for how well a a pitcher did. Um, I think it it gets a little bit uh, (laughs) nerdy at times, but we try to, uh, you know, kind of give a context with the numbers that we're giving. We're going to spew a lot of numbers. But if you stay with us, we're going to try to create a story around these numbers. Creating a story indeed. And today, our first two players will be looking to do two players a day, two a day, just like they do uh, high school football with practices uh, over the summers there. Um, Willie Adamas and Jose Alvarado, those are the two on deck. Uh, we'll start with, again, going in alphabetical order, Willie Adamas, who recently turned 25 years old. So, Looking at the regular season for Willie, uh, he finished with the second highest war on the team, one and a half in 60 games behind Brandon Lau. That was tied for 10th among all MLB shortstops in 2020. Going a little bit deeper into the numbers, uh, he had an 813 OPS, 124 OPS plus slash line of 259 332 481 eight home runs 15 doubles 23 rbi 29 runs scored uh and two stolen bases had a positive 1.4 defensive rating from fan graphs uh now on the surface that all looks pretty solid pretty solid stuff of course the issue uh one of the biggest issues that we talked about and discussed last week or so or over the past couple weeks that strikeout rate, that gosh darn strikeout rate of a ballooning 36.1%, which is bottom 2% in all of baseball. Also, his whiff percentage is bottom 2% in all of baseball. And let me give some context here. 
we kind of always knew Willie Adamas as a free swinger type. He'll, he'll go chasing. He's always trying to, he'll give you a hard cut, even on an O2 count. His strikeout rate in 2019 was 26.2%. So it has gotten significantly worse. I know small sample size 2020, but that is, he, he's done the reverse Brandon Lau. He's bizarro yeah. Brandon Lau where, no, you're, you're going the wrong way with that <laughs> strikeout rate, buddy. You're going Mike Zanino territory there. It's like when you're in like third grade and you're playing baseball or, or kickball, whatever, with, with your mates in recess. And there's that one kid who wants to play but doesn't really know the rules. And then so they actually get a hit. They kick the ball, whatever. And then they start running to third. And you're like, no, 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 no. Yes. It's go to the other way. Go the other yes. way. This is what's happening with Willie's strikeout uh, rate. And what I noticed in, in watching some stuff, again, uh, I'm not even going to get into the postseason. I mean, those are so bad Th- that those are right. horror film numbers as far as I'm concerned, but man, at times it, like right when he steps into the batter's box, it was an O2 count and yes. he hasn't and wasn't able to make an adjustment and he would go chasing. And again, trying to swing for the fences, O2 count. That's not going to work. You've got to find a way to adjust and choke up on the bat, do something. Maybe you can, uh, change things up a little bit. I've still got it seared in my mind. Uh, the memory of him, you know, it, it's funny because he will, he'll chase. And during the postseason, especially he would chase pitches way out of the zone, give a hard cut, but pitches in the zone wouldn't take the bat off the shoulder. Maybe that's, that's a byproduct of being confused on O2. You're probably going to get a breaking ball. You're going to get some off speed stuff. And he didn't really know how to adjust or, or do anything with it. So it was really frustrating from that standpoint. That's when you know that there's something going on and, and they're, they're doing too much, right? Is that yes. when they, they take a fastball down the middle and then go chasing pitches in dirt that hit, you know, 10 feet in front of the plate. That's not good. And we saw a lot of race players uh, do that exact, exact thing. Uh, Brandon Lau was one of them, of course. And you mentioned the 0-2, uh, 0-2 count, 100%. The, the issue here is that what type of player are you? If you're a G-Man Choi with an 0-2 count, I feel good. If you are a Yoshi Sutsugo, I feel good that you're 0-2. Mm-hmm. If you're a Yandi Diaz, I feel good that you're 0-2. I don't feel good if you're 0-2 with a Brandon Lau or with a Willie Adamas. I feel good if you're 0-2 with Austin Meadows, if it was 2019, maybe yes. not 2020 so much. But th- there's a different type of player that you are, and, and 0-2 means a lot of different things. It's mostly negative for if right. you're a hitter, but different guys feel a little bit different uh, at the play when they're O2. Like you don't feel confident that once it's O2, Willie Adamas is going to work a full count or working at bat and draw a walk. He's just not that type of guy. At least he's not yet. Um, and of course, there's the looming issue of not being able to hit at the trop. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it wasn't good his average and uh, right. his, his overall offensive numbers at the trap. So there are some major concerns, even though he's a young, talented player and you look at the regular season numbers and you say, well, that's a good OPS, that's a good OPS plus, so on and so forth. There's some underlying things that give you concern there. I mean, over yes. the course of a 162-game season, half of those games at the trap, uh, th- those numbers are going to decrease significantly i think if he doesn't get that resolved and i think this is a critical critical off season for willie adamas to figure out what's going on at the drop whether it's an eye issue thing 
whatever. Right. Learning to make, do whatever Brandon Lau did this off season, as far yes. as working on cutting down the strikeout rate, because 36.1% is absolutely not going to cut it. I, I'll take your 26% in 2019. I'll take your 29% in 2018, but not 36% at, uh, like that. And it, it begs the question again, there's a lot of talk about Wander Franco on the come up. And yeah. when is it his time? When's it going to be his time? I, I still think it's premature for people to think that Wander Franco is going to be the opening day shortstop, but who knows, maybe by the end of the year, maybe by 2022, the beginning of the year. So there's going to be a lot of discussion surrounding Willie Adamas and uh, his, his trade value, his trade market, where his future is on the team going forward. Ulysses, let me, let me throw this question out to you. Okay. As of today, and I guess you can take postseason into account. You can take everything into account. Is he among the top dozen, top 15, top half of the league of shortstops in Major League Baseball? Overall? Defensive yes. and, and everything. Nothing's, okay. Top 15? Yes. Okay. Top 12? Could be. Okay. But Is it's that right his- there. But it's right there. Will he ever be a top 10 shortstop or he kind of maxes out? He's going to be between 12 and 15, essentially, somewhere around that range. When you see him in the playoffs making those spectacular defensive web gems, yes, you think, holy crap, a 100%. And then you saw him struggle at the plate. So if he had done what he did on the road and then you combine the defensive web gems from the playoffs, a hundred percent. I mean, their talent is there to make those two things, uh, you know, get him across the top 10 and and be a mainstay, a shortstop for for years to come because he's young. You said he's 25. So he still has plenty of time to to really make his, his name as one of the best shortstops around the league. The issue is, can he actually make those two things combine them at the, at the same time, at the right time, the defensive prowess plus the, the hitting ability. That's the, the big question. And right. I think you, you have to worry not only about the strikeout rate, which obviously that's untenable. So maybe we could, because it's that untenable, you could think, okay, well, it's definitely an outlier. It's not right. going to be a, a, a normal thing now. 36.1% you said? That's ridiculous. Yes. 30, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to see Carlos Pena from 2009 to 2012. Oh I want to I compare yeah. those numbers and, and see if that scares you. And that's um, a power-hitting first baseman that draws a lot of walks. Exactly. So that's just to put it into, into perspective. Now, it's not only the strikeout rate that worries me. It's the hitting at the trump. I think that's the one that... You yeah. know, we we always have fun as as race fans. You know, they've kind of kind of gotten like a little crutch about it. Like, oh, it's it's the road game, so let's go see Road Willie. Like, mm-hmm. you have to stop that. That you have to figure out a way. I don't know if if the, if the way to do so is by training at the trop, by getting used to the the trop. Actually, like talking to front yeah. office people, the managers, other players that have had issues with the backdrop. You got Tommy Pham's cell phone number. Ask him, how did you feel about it, right. uh, about the backdrop? Something's got to give. You got it. This is a critical offseason, like you said, for, for Willie, because you need to figure some things out because what happened with the strikeouts and the hitting at home two times in a row in two seasons, that's just not going to cut it. Yeah, and you can't continue, again, 
when you're at home and if you're going to bring say Mike Zanino back on the team, think about all those home games where you basically are going to have two, two empty lineup spots. Yeah. You've got two pitchers in the lineup Not at good. that point. And it's hard to win games at home when you have that, even with Willie Adamas at times, spectacular defensive play, which again, on the positive side, we saw that a lot in the Houston Astros series. I mean, I don't think he didn't miss, I mean, defensively in, in the Houston Astros series, no. as far as uh, balls up the middle, deep in the hole, the throws were more on point, turning double plays by himself. It was impressive, impressive stuff. And one thing that I think uh, definitely the numbers don't pick up on and mention is in something that, you know, fans, they just want to do, oh, let's move on to the next guy. Let's plug. Okay. I'm tired of, I've seen 20 games of Willie Adamas in the postseason. I don't want like what I, it, it, we're microwave generation. Let, let's yes. move on to the next guy. Um, his leadership and raw rawness and top of the stair. He is that guy that energizes the team. And I think that is something that is valuable. And that is something that uh, shouldn't be ignored or discounted uh, either numbers aside and everything like that. It, it's hard to expect. And I know Wander Franco has gotten high marks for, I don't even know why I'm mentioning Wander Franco. I guess that's the, that's, <laughs> the, that's where we're in now. He hasn't but played above single a, but he is, he is on my mind for some reason. We've always been uh, on the same path, like a hundred percent on the Wander Franco. Do not stray on me. Do not stray on me. Wander Franco is not going to be a thing opening yeah. day. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, do you have any more stats to pour over? Do you have any one last one byline that you want to categorize Willie's 2020 season? And then we can give him a grade. Then that's pretty much everything there. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see how that shortstop position is handled going forward. Maybe not necessarily next year or this coming year, but the next couple years, do they see Willie Adamas as a long-term guy, as an extension candidate, or are they thinking, look at all these middle infield prospects we got. Let's, let's see what we can get for, for Willie. And it, it's, it's Franco's time. It's Taylor Wall's time. It's, it's Phil on the, it'll be Greg Jones's time, Xavier Edwards time, but Al Brujan's time, all these guys that have been talked about uh, ad nauseum, because I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there uh, that would like a 25-year-old shortstop that's had you know, a good handful of years in the league already, and, and maybe they think they can work with them and, and fix them and help them out and uh, not, not playing at the trop or in a dome. Maybe that a, a new, new environment could help them there. But that, that's pretty much all I've got to say about uh, – and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Whiff and Willie, that's my new nickname until he lowers that strikeout. Until <laughs> it's one. below 30%, I will have to call him Whiff and Willie, I think. That's fair. That's fair enough. And now, do you have a grade for all your hard work on this player review? Does this include postseason? That's the question. This is a this or is a, a hard thing because a lot of no. I think I think we should exclude okay. uh, postseason, just, just like award season, right? I mean, right. Cash, Kevin Cash, one manager of the year, hoorah, rah, yes. very good. That's awesome. Finally, getting some love. A Florida man gets some love in 2020. Uh, they don't include the postseason. I don't think we should include. We should talk about what happened yes. in the postseason, but I don't think we should include it in the in the actual grade. Okay. Well, with that, uh, considering he was second highest on the team in WAR, in everything taken into account here, 
um, and underlying numbers as well. I am going to give him a solid B. Okay, that's fine. A low that, B, but it's a B. It's just that, above a B minus. That tells me that you are taking the postseason into account, and I think that's fair too. I think okay. that's fair because for regular season players uh, that that played 17, 19, 20 games in the postseason, how can you not take right. into account the postseason? So no, that that's a fair grade. So what I'm thinking an 83, 84 that you got yeah. for, for Willie. Yeah, something around there. Just a B. Okay. Give you a B. So I'm going to be a little bit nicer. I'm going to give him an 86. Okay. 86. So not a B plus, but just a B. Basically. Exactly. Just a B. Okay. See, it's interesting because remember, we had a discussion several, several weeks ago yes. about Willie Adamas and you were down on him. And I was like, no, the, he is, he is the guy. And it seems like we maybe have flip-flopped a li- We still like Willie, all things said and done, but there was a time where, you know, his, his defense was lacking for a little yes. bit of a period there early uh, in the season. And that might just be, again, weird, quirky season. Hasn't had enough time to get his feet beneath him and, and everything like that. After hearing your, your review, honestly, Kev, there is not going to be a – this is a hot take. Um, he's not going to sign a, a long-term deal with the Rays. I, I think he's – He's trade bait. Uh, the fact that you, yeah. how you worded that saying another team could, could really benefit from a guy with Willie's experience with Willie's hoorah rah. And uh, they haven't seen that, that big punch that says, Hey, we got to sign this guy after mm-hmm. two and a half years. It does seem to me that they're not going to do it. Um, the race kind of pulled the trigger quite quickly with, with guys with, with uh, these long-term deals with Longoria, Chris yeah. Archer, Mad Moore, um, Brandon Lau, for God's right. sakes. Uh, so I, the fact that Willie hasn't, if he has been approached and not signed, that kind of tells me something. And he's going to be yeah. trade bait. Is it a year from now, two years from now? Who knows? You know, maybe a team on the rebuild, a young yeah. up-and-coming team. I'm not sure about like the Detroit Tigers shortstop situation, the organization the Tigers. Very yes. interesting. But wouldn't that be possibly a fit there again? I don't necessarily be. know what they're short, but a team like in that realm, right. New manager, a lot of prospect types. They're a couple years away. Having a guy that provides that leadership and, and knows what it means and what it's it still takes young to be on a winning team. But it's still young enough that, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, Grandpa Gomez and, and yeah. next to Willie Adamas, you know? There we go. Very good. Oh, man. Well, I can tell you one thing. If Wander Franco gets a contract extension, uh, signs a, a Luis Robert type deal, that is going to, I think, probably mark the end of Willie Adamas, the Willie Adamas era in uh, a Tampa Bay Rays uniform. All right, coming up next. We'll move on to Jose Alvarado and Ulysses will be doing the honors of introducing, uh, well, Ulysses gets a little Venezuelan bump there with uh, Jose Alvarado. So that'll be a a nice surprise. Where is, uh, he's from Maracaibo. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Maracaibo. Okay. So I wasn't that close. Where is that (laughs) situated within Venezuela? Maracaibo is on the west uh, okay. completely on the West near Colombia, But, uh, so, I, I, you actually, you, you taught me something. I didn't actually, I didn't actually know that he was from Maracaibo. I'm going to double check you on that, on that because. Okay. You, really you double check accent. that while I'm yeah. doing the, the built bar 
live read. Speaking of Built Bar, the improved Built Bar, the best protein bar on earth is even more delicious than ever before. Tons of flavors. We're talking 18, 19, 20 amazing flavors, including several new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Those go along with the myriad of original flavors such as coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, just a a ton of them. You can look them up and check them for yourself. But uh, here's what you need to know about uh, the best protein bar on earth. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Uh, They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you're on the keto diet, it is great for that. Uh, For example, looking at the cherry flavor, I see 17 grams protein, 130 calories, four grams sugar, and just four grams net carbs. We know you want some Built Bars. This is the time to do it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Kevin, look at that. I didn't know that you knew your Venezuelan geography that well. He is from Maracaibo, state of Zulia. Okay. Well, let, let me be honest. I did not know that going in today. I looked at his baseball reference page, and that is where I discovered that that is where he's from. I knew he was from Venezuela. I didn't know what part. Per se. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that what you do after work, you just pour over Venezuelan maps. You start I know. to get into the states and the capitals. Very nice. Very nice. Look, I'm it's trying that time to... of the, the it's that time of the uh, the the year, right? With elections, you see. Okay, well, what's happening yes. in now? That's that's good. You I'm trying to help the raise out by finding. Okay, where do the most Venezuelan-born players come from? Which Ooh. part of Venezuelan? So you can put a freaking academy there, <laughs> an instructional league or something. The race had one. The Rays yeah. had one. Um, and and this guy that we're going to talk about actually played in, in with with the Rays in the summer league in Venezuela. Look. Jose Alvarado, if we talked about how critical the offseason was for Willie Adamas, can we then Jose Alvarado's offseason and possibly, you know, the 2021 uh, regular season, it's going to be critical on steroids yeah. for Jose Alvarado. Not, because- not real steroids, but yes. <laughs> yes. Steroids in baseball, you got to we got to yeah, make sure we parse our words here. Sure. But sure. yes. Uh, how uh, about it's going to be an off season on built bars. How about that? There you go. It's got to, it's got to be, it's the, it's a make it or break it year for yep. Jose. And I'll tell you why, because, because of one name, any Romero, mm-hmm. if you are a race fan, you remember any Romero and he had great, powerful stuff, great stature. You love to see that. Um, very nice kid too. We saw him at fan fest, uh, said hi to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing with any was zero command, zero right. command. So he had powerful stuff. He never found that command. And what happened after a couple unsuccessful seasons, he was let go. And I don't know what any is doing, but he's definitely not pitching in the major leagues anymore. So I believe that Jose has even nastier stuff. He has more efficient stuff. And especially because we've actually seen him be at the top of his game for long periods of time. Uh, the 2018 season, the first month of 2019, the 2017 season also had a good, really good flashes of it as a young kid. So it, it, 
the problem with Jose, it's just it's been a while since we've seen him be the good Jose Alvarado. If we go to um, his page with the line, in 2020, he had a negative 0.1 F4, a 6 ERA, 586 FIP. Um, not pretty, right? right. Not, not pretty numbers. However, I looked at his uh, walk rate. It went down from 18.5 to 13.3. That's good. Mm-hmm. His strikeout rate uh, went down. Uh, he went up, actually, from 26.7 to 28.9. Good things. So walks go down, strikeouts go up. Those are good things. Exit velocity uh, went down as well, 89.3 to 87.1. So they're hitting the ball uh, a little bit less hard on him. That's good news. Those are all good things that we can take away from Jose Alvarado's season. However, when I look at the most important number, you know what that most important number to me is? Uh, What is that? Nine innings pitched. Nine innings. Those are really nice things that that, that I could cherry pick from his stat line in 2020. But nine innings, that, I mean, if you are Roy Halladay, that's one start. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And yeah. if you're Blake Snell, that's probably three, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, that's the issue. Not right. a lot of, of sample size here. So we can say that we saw good things from him and, and, and the hard hit percentage is what I like maybe the most. It's the fact that right. they're not hitting him hard, but they are hitting him in 2020, a little bit more fly balls, a little bit more line drives. That's not, particularly uh refreshing and good to see i think that unfortunately being left off rosters is also not a good look right uh for jose being left off i believe two or three rosters because he wasn't in the in the world series or in the alds i don't remember if he was in the wild card series but i think not so three out of the four right three out of the four rounds he was not in the roster Again, not particularly refreshing or, or as a good sign. So this is the season where you really have to put in work if you're Jose. And work doesn't mean, you know, just try to get a little bit more spin rate or whatever. The stuff is there. I think right. he needs to be in a good mental state, which is helpful because his family is now here in the States with him. That, mm-hmm. that takes care of that anxiety and all that. And number two, your body. You yeah. got to take care of your body. You can't look arepas. They are delicious <laughs> and they're literally the best breakfast you, a growing boy needs. This is coming from a growing boy at 29. Uh, but you got to keep it to one. I, I Look, we all know how it can be three or four in a breakfast and you go nuts. Right. One is enough. Like Yoni Torino said, my diet was going down from two arepas to one. Look at that. He shed 15 pounds. So yeah. there's something to, you know, portion control. And I think Jose Alvarado, I think would just be, uh, I know some guys are just going, they're bound to be bigger than right. the other guys, right? I mean, Brandon Lau is bound to be that He's size. He's going to be compact, small for his entire career. Yes, exactly. But some other guys are going to be bigger. Yeah. So I'm not asking him to be Joey Wendell out there, right. Jose Alvarado, but that a lot of excess stuff has to be dropped in order to be a little bit more athletic and, right. and, and make yourself a little bit more valuable because if not, this, this could be the end of Jose Alvarado's career. Yeah. And I think also being able to stay healthy, you drop that weight, you get in better shape by a product of that you're less injury prone. 
a couple of things on Alvarado. Um, you mentioned his regular season numbers and he was good for most of the year. It was, he had that one bad crooked outing. I think it might've been his last one before he got injured or was kind of taken off the Rays roster there against the Toronto blue Jays, where I think he right. Hernandez hit a bomb. He got in a lot of trouble there, but another thing that gives me, and I know that it's not a good sign that he was left off so many postseason rosters, but his appearance or his brief appearances in the ALCS showed me something. I was impressed by what he did uh, in yes. his short outings against the Houston Astros. He was throwing strikes, and even the misses weren't like egregious misses. They were maybe some of them just a little bit off the plate, where very easily, if it wasn't a Michael Brantley at the plate or somebody, they would go chasing after yeah. that. So I think that's a very positive sign. I was actually a little bit surprised that he was left off the World Series roster in favor of Ryan Sheriff at the time. But again, yes. Ulysses, like you mentioned, we have to acknowledge this is now two crummy years, two less than expected years from Jose Alvarado. How many more of those can you take? We're already frustrated with Mike Zanino because he's had two bad years. So right. it, there, there comes a point where, okay, it's, it's time to get going. You've got a live, talented arm, but at some point you've got to be able to produce. And I do think, look, I, because his stuff plays so well, I have confidence that he can get back into form and back into shape. And I know it's a small sample size, but what he did in the ALCS gives me, uh, gives me some confidence there. And let's remember too, this is a guy that even with, you know, we, we can, the three batter minimum rule, I don't think matters. For Jose Alvarado, outside of, no. I mean, the, I guess the walks, but his stuff plays to lefties and righties. It's platoon proof. That's a I, big thing, I think, for him. A hundred percent. And I like the fact that you mentioned the ALCS because I had this in the back pocket, but I'll, I'll throw it out here. I think he faced nine guys. He yeah. struck out four guys. Pretty good. And he got out of a bases loaded jam at one point, I think. So, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, the walks are there and that's a problem and you have to fix that, but the stuff is there. The stuff can play. The stuff plays already. Yeah. Not that can play, but it, it does play. So if he can just put it together, this is a weapon. This is a weapon that the Rays can really use with with their bullpen, with the stable, in the way that it is, you know, um, built. You don't have to, you know, give Jose Alvarado, you know, anxiety in the ninth all the time. But right. you can use him in the sixth when you when you take out Blake Snell after one hit and yeah. uh, no walks and five and a third because he's reached 78 pitches. Well, give it to Jose Alvarado and, and he can take care of that in, in the sixth or the eighth. It doesn't really matter, but you have to be reliable in order yeah. to be brought in whenever that's why Nick Anderson, and we'll get to him uh, when we get to him. That's why he's been reliable. It's that versatility. So hopefully he can get some stuff in order but uh, he's exciting. He's an exciting yeah. weapon, and we really, I really hope that he can put it together. Because um, when when that uh, two seam moves, that's yeah. just art. It's beautiful. And he started incorporating a curveball too. If he's able to throw that in the zone, it's over with. It's game over. And yeah. let's remember too. I think you hit it on the head with how he should be used at least to start next year if he enters in healthy and ready. Use him as an opener. Use him as a mid middle inning. You, no reason to throw him to the wolves in the eighth or ninth inning. Right. Just let him build up and, and build some confidence there. And you know the the Rays 
kind of really need Jose Alvarado next season. If you consider, I mean, Colin Poche, he's going to miss all of next year, right? Jalen Beeks. Yeah. Aaron loop, probably not going to return. Although I, 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 I think they can make a case to bring him back. Um, you know, Shane McClanahan, not fully tested yet. Brendan right. McKay, it's one health thing after another. Who knows if he's going to be available? Yeah. Um, you, you've really got, I mean, it's Fleming, Cody Reed, and and Alvarado, and I guess uh, I guess Ryan Sheriff, but who knows if he's even going to be on the roster when the Rays have to make room for, for Taylor Walls and or I, whoever the other guy is. I can't remember him at, at the moment there. It, but it, It's, it's going to be tough with, uh, you know, uh, to to see how the the bullpen is built, I and mean, it seems like every year we we have this. How is the bullpen going to be built? Yeah. Um, but H- Jose can really make himself um, uh, outstanding in the way that uh, with his stuff from the left side, uh, it's unbelievable. And mm-hmm. and and the lack of lefties available right now would make him even more valuable to to the race. So let's hope. For, for, for his sake and for the race sake that he can put it together. But uh, it's definitely, I think there's no more second or, th- or third chances for right. Jose. Uh, you've gotten your enough mulligans, I think, Jose. And uh-huh. this is it. This is it. 2021, you, you have to be on because this yeah. is a cruel business uh, as it gets. People forget about you. And you're in the worst position ever, which is a relief pitcher. There are plenty of relief pitchers because a lot of kids want to be starters. A lot of kids don't have the command and then just said, Hey, can you just pump your stuff up for, for three hitters? And that's it. And that's what happened to Alvarado too. Uh, So make it, you got to make it because this is it. There's no more knocking on your door. With all the young talent the Rays have on the come up uh, in their minor league system and so on, you can't keep holding a 40 man roster spot for a guy that's not going to contribute or a guy that's not going to stay healthy for you. There's only, you can't keep doing that where there already is. And there's going to continue to be a roster crunch for this team in this franchise. And let's be honest. I mean, if the Rays can't find a way to fix or maximize Jose Alvarado out of the bullpen, there's not many other teams that can be able to reclaim him. Maybe a handful at that. So Jose Alvarado, this is the time. The time is now. Also, by the way, while you were speaking, Eni Romero, you are correct. He is no longer pitching in the major leagues. He is pitching in Japan. Look at that. Yes. So you look at that with the base. So stars? Jose Alvarado, with- <laughs> uh, the I'm going to butcher this, but the Chunichi Dragons. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the Dragons. The, okay. Yeah. How about that? So uh, I wasn't able to look up his stats, but. You know, what's funny is the dragons, their logo is and their jerseys look well, no, I don't see a dragon, but their their jerseys and logo looks like the LA Dodgers. It is oh, like really? a, it's like they ripped it off. Instead of Dodgers, it says dragons. Let me show it to you here. Can you see that? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Very oh, good. That's great. Okay. Um, so great, I guess, for Jose Alvarado. Yes, for great. Uh, before I ask for the great, I say the great, I don't know if uh, there are talks that the Venezuelan Winter League is going to be happening, but it will be uh, closer to December. It usually starts mid-October. Um, right. If it opens and, you know, all the diplomatic things and, and MLB's boycott against their players being in Venezuelan Winter League for political reasons, if all that is worked out. I wouldn't mind seeing Jose get some extra reps and work on stuff 
in in in, in the yeah. winter league because you know it, it again you'd have to build up build up and work out and i think that would be beneficial for for Absolutely. jose um okay grade for jose c minus okay i'm gonna give him a, a 70 uh honestly weighed because of the postseason talk that we we had with jose and yeah and really hope i'm being a nice teacher there i, I don't want to fail him so i maybe the venezuelan bump gave him gave him from a 67 to a 70 but hey Teachers do this sometimes, so I'm going to give him a 70 C minus. I, I was going to go with the D plus there, but you talked me into a 70. D, C, right on the line. Actually, right no, 69.5, and it rounds up. There you go. That's what I'm giving him. <laughs> yeah, you so have to you enter go. it as a C minus on the on the book. There you go. Alvarado, you have work to do. You have work, you to, have do. work to do. Yes. Uh, okay. I think hey, that's everything. Yeah. Um, do you think people are going to be upset that we started player reviews instead of praising Kevin Cash? Look, we already talked about congratulations to Kevin Cash, by the way. Yes. We discussed ad nauseum why he deserves the award uh, a week or two ago. So we're not going to rehash that, but congratulations to him. Well-deserved. And I think the voting was, I mean, it wasn't unanimous, but it was pretty, it was a landslide. I haven't seen the voting. Was it, was it, uh, it was a landslide then? Yeah, it was, it wasn't even close. It was not even close to Charles. Like it was, it, it was as if like, uh, for all intents and purposes, cash gets like 75% of the vote. Okay. uh, Montoyo 20%. And then you go on and on Uh, hot take, by the way, 2021 manager of the year will be Tony LaRusso. There we go. That's (laughs) my, that's my prop bet for you. If he makes the if he makes it out of this whole uh, chaos that he's facing yeah, right now with the DUI true. and stuff, yeah. Hey, it's good to have friends in high places, aka the owner of the baseball team. So I think if, he'll be okay at the end of the day. If we ever get in trouble with police, can we say, "Hey, hey, I'm I'm a I'm a podcast baseball person." Is that you better a- hope they're a podcast baseball person and they <laughs> like the Rays, and maybe you can talk your way out of that one there oh, uh very good all right uh remember check out our new patreon page patreon.com slash race unfiltered that wraps up this edition of locked on rays now tell your smart guys to play the most recent episode of locked on mlb prospects hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow